Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi there. Uh, welcome to my beautiful home here at the Bristol Old Vic. This is what we've been spending your Kickstarter money on. I mean, in a way, it was a waste of time. Uh, not really. Welcome to another Rahalastapa. Uh, this one with the fantastic Russell Howard. And uh, we're on tour at the moment. If you would like to come and see us, then look at richtaring.com slash gigs or rahalastapa.co.uk slash gigs. And you can find out where we're going, going and who's going to be on. We've got fantastic guests like Sarah Pascoe, Grayson Perry, Limmy. Fantastic people coming up. So do come along if you can. Uh, we've also got the Kickstarter going. It's uh, getting close to the target. We really need more than the target if we're going to carry on filming all of these shows. And um, go to rallisma.co.uk slash Kickstarter. The cameraman just bumped into a table and it made me laugh. That's, that's all that's happening there. There's some fantastic rewards. Uh, we've got these Trump cards that you can uh, play a full game of Trumps with, with my favourite guests. Uh, stickers, badges, T-shirts, the lot. It's going to be amazing. Please support us if you can because if we don't hit that target we get nothing now let's sit back relax and enjoy Raha Lastapa with Russell Howard
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to King's Place. Please welcome a man who dresses like this all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Love to be here. Thank you very much. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lessening Sexual Tension podcast. Um, it's just trying to get... There's a lot of sexual tension in my podcast. I'm just trying to take it down notch by notch. Why have I started with this guy first? Oh, no. It's going to be full of sexual tension. He was asking me to kiss his ears backstage. We'll get on to that. Although I was hanging out at King's Cross Station uh, just now. I'm just in the queue to get my photo taken at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. I love it. And a 35-year-old man in a Hogwarts scarf eating Bertie Bott's beans told me he calls it Rahulastabas. I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, it's a very poor... I, I actually went on TripAdvisor to see what people said about the... Uh, have you seen this platform, nine and three quarters? It's there. There's a trolley. It's hilarious. Uh, I can see why people would queue up for two hours to get there. I went, I went to TripAdvisor to look, see what people said about this. Now, A, you know, if you're going to go to that thing, don't go on TripAdvisor and admit that you've been there. But B, not really worth reviewing, is it? But... Uh, Someone said, this is a poor rendering of Platform 9 and 3 quarters. <laughs> it's nowhere near Platform 9 or 10. <laughs> and presume when you run at it, you don't go through to a magical land either. Imagine going to that, going there and then writing about it. She'd come from America to see it. People queue up for two hours. Anyone been? Oh, idiots. Just go. It's £10 a photo, apparently, so don't go. Uh, but... Uh, Great to be back in London. Um, actually, also, uh, Platform 9 of King's Cross Station is where Queen Bodicea is uh, buried. So, you know, maybe go and look at that. That's all I would say. That's, that's something actual, some real history. Go and try and find her. Dig her up, you'll make a fortune. So, um, uh, it's good to be back in London. I've been out doing these uh, gigs in the provinces, and it's not nice out there. So, it's, it's nice to be... I, I put on a brave face. I pretended I enjoyed it, but it was a very unpleasant experience for me. And uh, uh, I've been, I'll tell you a few things that have been going on. Uh, I, uh, I've had the locks changed at my house. Just, it's not nothing bad's happened, but having that job done, realising the ease with which a locksmith can gain access to a locked house makes me wonder if any other profession is so clearly demonstrates its own redundancy. I'm not sure it does, so I'm going to maybe ask that as an emergency question. Uh, another emergency question I've got, coming off the back of Twitter really recently, is... Do you gradually become racist or do you wake up one morning and it's all in one go? That's, that's the... <laughs> seems a lot of older celebrities just... I hope it's all in one go, but it'd be, it'd be a shame to sort of know that it's happening and... Looking forward to the day that I'm kicked off Twitter anyway. Uh, and, um, hey, that might be all I've got for you now. I felt like I had loads more. Uh, but, uh, look, we've got a fantastic guest for you. If he has returned for... He's going to get himself a Diet Coke. Hopefully he's got it in time. Uh, he was last on Realistaba. Uh, did I do it before? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, he called he, in 2012. It was seven years ago. I can't believe it's passed so quickly. He's grown up so quickly, this little boy. Uh, he's probably best known as the teacup sick boy. Uh, that's just what he was called at school. Uh, and for, I must have done no research for him last time because I was surprised by so many things about him this time. So it's got a lot more professional, this podcast, in the last seven years. Andy, you, you probably are here because he used to play for Basingstoke Town FC, and that is... In midfield, and that's probably why you are here now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Russell Howard! Come in, sit down. Hello. 
Could have dressed up, mate. Could have dressed, could have dressed up a bit. You look dressed, absolutely dressed, delightful. Could have dressed up a bit. You look like a football agent. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know you were that good at football. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, but you, you played like... Is, that, is it semi-professional, Basingstoke Town? I played for Basingstoke Town Reserves. Oh, did you? So, <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> and I was incredibly proud of myself at yeah. the time. But, yeah, the more you think about it, I wasn't very good. I'm good. Well, you were, what, 16 or something, were you? When yeah, you I was... I'm, so you could have progressed I'm, onwards? I'm the best comedian footballer in the world. Yeah. But that doesn't really mean anything. So we play football in Crystal Palace every Tuesday um, with all the comedians, and it's amazing. Like, Noel Fielding, very good. Yeah. And he doesn't look like... Like, you'd imagine he would sort of pick the ball up and start painting on it. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And start, like, sort of swirling around. But he's a horrible footballer, Isn't and it he? makes me like him even more. He's really, like, put in... <laughs> you know? There's no hint of baking cakes with him. He's a nasty, nasty thug. <laughs> Omid Jalili, very good at football. Yeah? Yeah, sort of, you know, like a little disco potato. Um, uh, Dan, Daniel Kitson, very good at football. Um, you've never played? I've not played. I played once in um, Melbourne when the, the comedians were all playing together. I played then. One this sounds very weird. It does, yeah. I wonder if it's going to settle, don't you think? I don't think so. I mean, listen, this isn't my game. Yeah. Um, We've gone for radio mics for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, we were worried about it. And it... <laughs> And it feels like it's sort of playing back. Yeah. And imagine if we have to repeat this gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as everyone else is happy, it might just sound weird up here because there might be... Fo- Sometimes there's fold back on the stage, isn't it? Yeah. Does it sound right where you are? Does it sound weird? That lady says it was weird. But that it's might just weird, be the general it? vibe. It's weird because I'm... It's because I'm wearing a suit, isn't it? It's put, it's put you off. Oh, I've just seen the inlay of that. Yeah. Look at that. Ooh. Why not? Is that... <laughs> it picks up the purple. There's a little bit of purple in there. So. You, it really makes you look fantastic. Thank you. Your hair looks lovely. Thank you. Yeah. You're right to arm, Adam. I looks great. Too much. I've got some hair gel just before I came on, but I squeezed a bit too much into yeah. my hand and then I had to decide whether I was going to dispose of it or get it all in my hair. I'm really glad you cleared that up. <laughs> and because... it, all, it all went in. Because you came back into the green with, with sticky hands. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, well, everyone's got a pre-show ritual. <laughs> But I did, I thought, I thought, is he one of those guys? Because you look like you might be a pre-gig. <laughs> and fair enough, you know? I couldn't get that much out of it. To oh, be honest. Right. 52. <laughs> it was, but it is very... Uh, what are your pre-gig rituals? Do you have I any? I don't really have any, really. Do yeah. you? Are you quite superstitious? Or uh, I have a thing, yeah, I sort of do this little weird movement. Um, I have to touch a piece of wood and I have to have a poo. Okay. And, and because it. you've touched the wood, or because is that? Just... No, it's just this weird thing. I always have to touch. I mean, this gig's fantastic for me. Yeah. Um, because... <laughs> yeah, you can just poo in the chair. Can't exactly. You? Well, this is the. So Richard asked me before we started whether I'd ever shit myself in a gym. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, most people say hello, um, <laughs> and I and I hadn't, and you were surprised by that. Yeah, very surprised. Mm. And I didn't ask you whether you did it. Well, you know, I'm not saying whether I have or not. Oh. It was about whether you've had a shit in the shower. I'll tell you why I asked the question. and why Because why, I once did... I had diarrhoea once in right. the gym and, and really? kind of thought... I think I thought I'd get away with it in the shower rather than it happened. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, you wee in the shower, obviously. That's yeah. a given. Sure. Um, 
But I try, you but know, you, I, but, I, you, I like, point, should point out, because the world's changed, you're weeing into your... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're not just sort of peeing into other <laughs> no, showers. No. And again, I can't get it over them. To, when I was sure. six, I'd have been able to get it over into the next one. Mm. But now, very much, and maybe under. Sometimes yeah. a little gap underneath. Uh, so, yeah, a little, I did a little poo. <laughs> and um, <laughs> even with diarrhoea, it was quite hard to get down the... Uh, Get down the old uh, pipe. Thing. Yep. Yeah. Not. I guess they didn't really design him for that. So um, <laughs> that's why I asked that question. Uh, so, what's the teacup sick boy? You did explain that to me backstage because you brought it up yourself backstage. So I was. Um, I brought it up. Nice. Um, <laughs> I was on a teacup ride. Do you know the teacup ride? I do. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the sort of week. My kids go on teacup rides. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's for three or four year olds. For three or four year olds, and I was. 12 years old, and what I should point out, I was on a high because I'd been um, wanked off for the first time. Okay. So I was exceptionally excited and I thought I could take on the world. Yeah. So I jumped onto this teacup with this kind of like post-wanked off, look at me, everyone. And um, everyone else started spinning me around and um, I, I threw up. Yeah. And everyone called me teacup and um, forgot about the fact that I'd been wanked off. And, yeah. You know, when I was 12, it was amazing. It's like, I know there's a real layer of, but... I mean... It depends who I, wanked you off. It was the bloke oh, who sure, ran the ride. Oh, sure, <laughs> Then this is a very different story. The funny thing is, I'd have been glad of the, the attention. <laughs> but, no, it was, um, it was a young uh, lady. Yeah, good. She, she was a year older than me. It was fantastic. And again, there's that weird tension, but I was 12. It was wonderful. Yeah. And it was ruined by me being sick on a fucking teacup. Well, you were very, sort of, very exciting day for you. It was brilliant until that moment. <laughs> yeah. Can change um. my diary entry that night. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to your sister about you. Uh, oh, yeah? She was on my podcast. Yes. Um, and I was really pleased because you were... What's that? Someone was at my door at home. Do you want to see who it is? I'd love to see who it is. <laughs> That's the woman that whacked me off! <laughs> be, it might be, oh, oh it's is that one. your house? That's, that's, well, that's next door, then. All oh, right, I was going to say, lovely. Yeah. Does your house look like that? It's better than that. Fabulous. That's <laughs> next door. I mean, what, we're going, woo, but someone made it into your house. What someone is, someone has just walked past there. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, and so it, sometimes and, it goes and it jingle jangles. Yeah, I turned it off on my uh, watch, but not on here. It's, it's nice. Here. Got a couple of emails. Do you want to just check your wife in yeah. case, <laughs> case she's getting trussed up, tied up to the radiator? It's going to be awkward. She'll be, she's at Pilates at the moment. Fine, fuck it. So it'll just be the, babys- it'll be the yeah. babysitter who gets into trouble, so that's fine. Airplane mode, we should be okay. Lovely. I'll stick that down there. So we uh, haven't checked the sound and your phone's. <laughs> <laughs> it's going great. Yeah. It's going great in yeah. the new environment. I'm loving this. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So you spoke to my sister? Yeah, and she, you, you bullied her quite badly, you and you... Well, it's because I'm her older brother, that's fine. <laughs> but hang on to your younger brother. She, she, she was a tw- she's a twin, right? Yes, So yeah. you've, got, you've got a brother... So she's the, yeah, she's the middle one, technically. Right. Um, so she's the older twin, she got bullied She's by the, the older twin, twin. And yeah. the older brother. Not bullied, but just... She used to shoot footballs at her head or something. And no, but she went ball. in goal. Um, <laughs> and, listen, um, you know, I like to ping him in. And, yeah, that was just, like, why, why am I getting bullied for this? Um, yeah, we should play football and kick the football out. We had a doll that we used to dunk in the toilet, and that was, you know, mean. But I love the fact that there's tension in the room, like, none of you were ever mean to your fucking siblings. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. I would never do that. I used to knit with my sister. <laughs> 
No, you know, we used to just... But we get on great now. Yeah. But when we were kids, we didn't really have a lot because we had to muck out a rabbit and it just drove me and my brother mental because <laughs> we ate this thing and, um, and then the rabbit got myxomatosis and Dad killed it with a hammer. <laughs> in front of her and... In front of her? In front of her, in front of my brother and me and it was hilarious. <laughs> and it really was. It was just like, bloody hell, the animal's suffering, crack. Like that. And even, like, age nine, I was like, I don't know if that's the way you're going to do it. <laughs> but my dad's quite instinctive. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like three twitches. I was like, how do you get a hammer that quick? It's like a West Country Thor. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we had a, a fairly, you know, unpredictable... Uh, family. Yeah. Well, we, but a we, fun family. Yeah, which you've that used That paints to... my, sister, my, my dad in a bad light. He wasn't just randomly killing animals. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, he's suffering. Crack. Yeah. It's a quick way to deal with it. Mm. You've, you've done a lot of stuff where you've, you've acted with your sister in a, the she, girl, girl last Christmas. We yeah. Did with her, but that's presumably based on your family to some extent. Yeah. It was... I wrote with Steve Williams, who was a mixture of, of his uh, story with his girlfriend and a bit of mine. And, and it was, m- like, my cousins and aunties all sort of blended together. And Kerry played my sister in it. And she was unbelievable. It was a, re- it was a really fascinating window when you kind of go, oh, wow, my little sister's a lot more talented than me. <laughs> she was so good. It really... We've all been trying to tell you. We've mm. been, been meaning to let you Mate. know. But it, you know, it was really cool. So you sort of see her and you're like, bloody hell, she's properly brilliant. Yeah. So it was, it was really lovely. And she was giving me, like, little tips because I'd never acted before. It was really great. It was cool. Yeah, well, you did. You were good in it. I was all you right. Play, I, well, I, I, did, I did a similar thing where I played myself it's going hard, back to my family. It? Yeah. yeah, and when you're with fantastic, no, exactly the same thing. When you're with the fantastic actors, it's suddenly oh. Yeah. God. Well, they're very good at being still. Yeah. And you realise that I'm a real fidget. Yeah. And I think you are too. I am, and also what I would do, I got kept on getting told off for, was looking at the person whose line it was about to be. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'd written it as well. I didn't know I was doing it. Like and in the like, nativity play. She didn't take me aside, the director. She just went, Richard, can you stop looking at the person who's about to talk before they say anything? What, were you, like, mouthing their lines? I mean, almost effectively. I might have even been doing that, yeah. Oh, nice. So, but you, you know, no, it's nerve-wracking that you've written something. You're yeah, it was, it, it was, yeah. It on. It's very scary. Yeah. So it's, it's a very different, you know, it's amazing to get anything on TV, which yeah. you've been very successful at getting stuff on TV. Yeah, um, And what's well, quite interesting is so much as, you know, you were doing, I don't know if you'd, you must have started Good News when, in 2012, when you were last on. 2009, yeah. yeah. So we started so, yeah, 2009. Yeah, because yeah. I was there very early on and then I got sacked for eating all the Haribo. Uh, and, uh, Do you know, the, no, the reason we, we didn't sack you, we just moved. Um, <laughs> just moved off. It's because you were too intimidating, is I the was. truth. No, it, it was that thing of, like, because it felt like having this kind of wise elder in the room. <laughs> it, genuinely. And we were all embarrassed to... to I was embarrassed to say, No, no, but genuinely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like, oh, God, he's, t- he's, too, he's done too many things. <laughs> So we kind of, look, we'd sort of wait for you to leave and then sort of say, this is what I was going to say, this is what I was going to say. We were just, it's oddly nervous no, it, was, it was the right decision. You've got a fantastic team working on that show. But, but like, so much has happened. You were doing this good news show all the way through all this terrible news that's been going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's your fault. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but by looking on the bright side, so many people are wow, let's make things much worse. See if we can throw Howard <laughs> off his game. <laughs> But is, is, was it tricky to, to keep on... I mean, is, what I like about you is that positivity and that's something that's sort of always been there in yeah. your acts. Yeah. And, like... and that was presumably the idea behind this show, was to do a topical show that was looking at the good things rather than... Yeah, the... and we ran out of them. 
Yeah, and, it's, and then, I don't know, it's just being younger and not being... I wasn't particularly engaged. And then the more the show goes on and now the Sky show is a bit more kind of uh, angry, I guess. And yeah. Like my last stand-up, I wouldn't say... Like, I quite like talking about things and still trying to be funny. I think that the, the real enemy of satire at the minute is a lot of clapter. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think it's really important to try and be funny. Uh, like, I did a whole thing about um, girls self-harming in my last... in my Netflix special, and it was really, you know, it was a big 15-minute chunk, and I was really proud of it, and it was talking about it seriously, but also there was funny bits in it. I find that more rewarding. Yeah. You know, the older I get, to try and talk about things that aren't... easy. When I was younger, I'd just think, oh, I'll just do that, because it's sure. a little silly story, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. I mean, I was. What, you do great interviews on your show, and you have great guests on your show. Yeah. Uh, the the one I watched today with Rob Delaney is extraordinary. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, you talked to Rob about the de- death of his two-year-old, two three-year-old son yeah. that happened about a year before. Yeah. It's an incredibly moving uh, interview, but you handle it so brilliantly as well. Well, what was incredible about that is that he wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So he he kind of said. I really want to use your show to talk about grief. And I was like, okay. And, and we, we spoke for like an hour, and right. it, was, it was unbelievable. And you realise the skill to interviewing, it's taken me like 10 years, is to listen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But as a comic, you're like, oh, me! You know. <laughs> and, but when he was talking so frankly and with such poise on such a difficult thing, you become very aware that there'll be people at home listening that, that this will mean a huge amount to them, that a, 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 a man talking very, very openly and honestly about grief in a way that people can connect with. So, in a sense, I didn't really do anything. I just kind of go out of the way and let him be eloquent. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but, it's, but that, as you say, that is an imp- important part of it. But I, don't, it's, I think you got more out of him from the way you reacted to it because it's, you, again, were honest as well. The difficulty with those subjects is most people don't know could never imagine what well, you you spend as a parent you spend your whole life worrying yeah. about being in that situation so you imagine it but you know what you're imagining cannot be anything like yeah. the reality of it happening but the interesting um, thing with it is that he there was a bit where he said if if somebody has um suffered a bereavement then talk to them about it and what i said is that we don't know this is a british thing but you almost don't want to burden them yeah. with the pain and then he said not a burden. I'm thinking about it all the time. So just bring it up. And I think somebody talking like that probably helps people at home because they, they may know somebody who's lost somebody yeah. and you, don't, you just don't know how to, to help them. Yeah. And if a guy going on telly talking about that does, it's kind of an amazing thing to do. You know? Yeah, and it's nice to be able to do it within a, a show that's... I mean, they're still, they were still very... There were some light-hearted bits in the interview itself, yeah. but obviously it's in, in, within a comedy show. I think it really is helpful to, to do those things. Yeah, definitely. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's well yeah. worth checking out. And you talked to... Um, I saw one with Louis Theroux, which was very funny as well. Yeah, he's so you, great. Yeah, yeah. John Ronson was fantastic yeah. talking about um, porn. Um, really interesting. He's a fascinating guy. He is, yeah. Lovely. We've had them all on here. Have you? Yeah, yeah, we've had all of them. <laughs> We have them first, didn't they? If they if they pass that test, they can go on to you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you're getting older, I'm getting older. We are, yeah. Uh, you're not. It's not going to last forever, you know, <laughs> for you. On my life. Well, definitely no, your life. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds but like. What are you, are you trying to offer well, me tonight? I'm just. I was seeing tonight as a bit sort of a Charlie in the Chocolate Factory opportunity because your initials are RH as well. Y- yes. So I could. 
when I'm too old to do this and you're too old to do arena tours anymore. Yes. I could hand this on to... I'm just wondering if I, you want me to hand this on to you. It's just a, yeah. Are you suggesting a work swap? <laughs> I'm not a swap, because I don't want to do your hard work of touring around the country. I just, I'll be dead, probably. I'll just retire. And you want me to do this? I just I thought I could give you, as a sort of Willy Wonka figure, yeah. give you, gift you this podcast. Not right away. I've still got some yeah. years in me yet. But, and other people... And that you, your career isn't over. When your career's over, what I'm saying... Yeah. And you can't get any work anywhere else. Yeah. I, you can do this. It's what I did. Okay. And because your initials are RH, it would still work. It'd be, then they'd be happy because they just like shouting Rahelastapa. That's, that's the only reason they come. Okay. I mean, you don't have to take it. I'm just offering you the gift, that's all. It's like, but it's like Charlie Bucket going, no, Willy Wonka, fuck off. I don't want your factory. I don't even Imagine like... if that had been in the original <laughs> book. Fuck off, Wonka. <laughs> I don't even like chocolate. <laughs> I like Cadbury's. Slave labour. You don't pay any of them dwarfs, <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, it's there. the offer's on the That's table. Very, what what a lovely offer. That was a, like a, yeah. someone having a breakdown on a bus then. <laughs> I did see But I'm waiting, waiting, because I'll die. And you'll, you'll get on too. You can take it. We've got the same name, you know. <laughs> I did see It'd be an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very good. much. I think you're good as well. I think Thank you're you. a good interviewer, so I think you could, t- you could fill my big shoes. Yeah. Um, size 8 shoes. I've got 42 oh. European. Um, Still on that bus yeah. stop, aren't we? I saw you. <laughs> I saw you. You're going to do a song with them? I saw you. Where's the 42? I saw you somewhere saying you were 30. Someone's talking to you about doing big arena tours yeah. and all the work you're doing. So, yeah, I'm 35 now, so it must have been a while ago. Uh, and I'm 35. You know, but when I'm 50, I wouldn't be able to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I think you will be able to do it when you're 50. So not fuck you. Not arenas. Yeah. Nah. Why not? Because it's... I don't know. I, I, I... Tell me about arenas. What is a gig? Uh, <laughs> what's a gig like if there's more than 20 people there? <laughs> um, Tell me. Tell it, me the they're story. great. Yeah. They're really good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of... I know you're not meant to say that, but they're, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're really good fun. And, um, yeah, I've seen... I remember seeing Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle in arenas and just going, wow, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're great, man. They're just... They have to be finished. That's the only thing. If, you, if there's, like, 12,000 people, it has to be quite... You can't really kind of improvise. No. That, that's the only thing that... You sort of creatively sort of stand still a bit because it's too much of a risk. But all the gigs leading up to it, you know, they're I've amazing. been in the audiences of some gigs of that size, yeah. <laughs> Never been on the stage. Uh, but... <laughs> It's something with some comedians, and I think like a lot of UK comedians, may, and it's interesting you pick American comedians there, because I think a lot of UK comedians maybe struggle with the concept in a way that... Because sometimes, you know, you, it's, you know, when you lose a bit of an audience in a gig of 100 people, yes. you don't really notice. Yes. But if you lose a section of 10,000 people, yeah. if they're distracted, you can like, tell that they're, you know, there's a whole se- suddenly a whole section of the O2 becomes distracted by something. Well, I did a gig at the Glasgow Arena, and there was a fight... Right. Um, up in the gods, and you'd hear this like, like properly, fucking do, fuck you, <laughs> fucking do, like, like, best guy, fucking, just be away, fucking, right? <laughs> like that. And I've never got more into the English. And I was like, what, what's going on? There <laughs> was a lady down the front that went, they're having a fight, just fucking crack on. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, but I, but I can't, and, this, and it's still going on. Yeah, I'll fucking kill your mother, you fucking... Like that. 
Um, and it made the paper the next day. Right. It was like in the Daily Mirror that there'd been a fight. Um, so that's definitely, you know, can happen. <laughs> um, but I guess but then having said that, I, I remember doing a gig in Eastleigh when a bloke started on me. And nobody's ever started on me at, <laughs> in an arena. Right. But I was doing this 60-seater Jeff Whiting gig, and this guy just came up to me. I was like 19 at the time. And he goes, you've been sleeping with my wife. So I haven't been sleeping with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm doing this, Jesus. Um, I got um, wanked off when I was 12. I got, I got wanked <laughs> off when I was 12. There's been nothing to um, and, um, and he kind of swung at me and nobody did anything. I was stopped trying to carry on. I was trying to do a bit about Craig David's week. And, <laughs> you know, he met a girl on Monday. Like that, and I was kind of running around and this bloke was swinging at me. <laughs> And um, then about sort of a minute later, because he was pushed out, a minute later, his wife just walked past. And I was like, you could have pointed out that we weren't having sex. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I was enjoying it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so the proof is you can have weird gigs. Yeah. I remember the oddest, the oddest experience I had in an arena, I think, for the audience, was at the O2. And I did a joke and I got it wrong. So I did, like, yeah, spoonerism. I can't really know. Chicken, why did it? You know, like something like that. My brother was the only person because he'd seen me do the joke properly. <laughs> he knew that I'd cocked up. So I hear this. <laughs> and I went, in, I went, <laughs> I, I genuinely shouted at him. I went, I, from nowhere, I went, fuck you. I will knock your teeth out with a brick, right? <laughs> but these people didn't know that it was my brother. <laughs> They'd just seen a man laugh at somebody at a comedy club and the comedian really not respond well. And, <laughs> and then I explained that it was my brother and they were like, still a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I just, he was like in a, I could see him in a box with all of his mates and they're all drinking. I could just see him amongst the 15,000 of my brothers like that, sort of swearing at me. Mm, it was his highlight. Nothing, nothing excites my brother more than me doing badly at a gig. He absolutely loves it, honestly. Just or anyone doing badly. My yeah. brother has always found that. We did a gig at the Ashton Court Festival and it's the most I've ever seen him laugh. There was a guy doing a routine about Celine Dion and a man got up and started urinating on him. <laughs> and, and he carried on doing the bit and my brother was, honestly... <laughs> like, exactly, that's the correct response of that poor man and... But my brother's like... He's got weight on him! And... Yeah, so... And I guess if 15,000 people are all laughing at the same joke or all, cons you know, all, yeah. that must be an amazing it's thing great. as well. It's yeah. great, yeah. It's just, like, when you get it going, it's, just, it's the same as any, like, to be honest, like, you know, a 200-seater. If you, if you get jokes working, and like, because I'm working on my new show now, and if you can get things... I was at the Norwich Arts Centre, which is, like, 300, and it was so brilliant, because you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the drug, isn't it? I yeah. think once you've lost that... That, that, and I bet you everyone has it, from Connolly through to Dave Chappelle or, or um, uh, I'm trying to think, Amy Schumer, whoever. It's that bit when you go, oh, man, that's going to work, that. And I think if you lose that, that's when you're no longer a comic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, must yeah. Have, you know when you're getting a show together and you're like, ah, that bit's really... Oh, yeah. and, and when you have your mates, like other comedians come in, those are the bits that you know they're really great because you want to do them in front of your mates. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what but I mean? What is interesting, because I've, I haven't done stand-up for... I haven't written any stand-up, really, apart from the stuff I mess around here, which isn't really written, yeah. uh, for, like, a year. So I finished my last tour in June last yeah. year. It's June now. 
And I'm not really missing it. No, but oh, I really? think any other time in the last... Because I came back in 2004. I came back and you were sort of just on your ascent, really. And yeah. I gigged with you quite a lot. We gigged loads yeah, together, didn't we? Did, yeah, we did, weirdly. And it was, you know, and you were amazing. And I remember coming back and going, oh, fucking hell, this guy... Because you were making stuff up out of nowhere. And every gig was different material, it seemed. It was, it was phenomenal. And so I was coming back sort of testing the water. And since then, I've loved it. And I've re- I've, every year I've come back and I've wanted to do another show. Sometimes I've repeated a show and had a bit of a... Yeah. But I've always been writing material, but... I you haven't. must have written so much. Yeah. Because the, it's so funny. You go, I haven't done stand-up. I haven't written new stand-up <laughs> for a year. My stand-ups haven't written new stuff for 20 years. <laughs> no, like, do you know what I mean? So it's that weird... I know. Well, you want it, but, you know, I think I've heard you say this as well. But you want to keep going and you want to keep changing stuff, you know, and I, occasionally if a show's really, I brought a few shows back just because I'd never put, I'd never recorded them, yeah. and you know, and I also thought, like, 10, 15 years later, I might do these shows better. Yes. So I don't mind, you know, I occasionally redo a show, but really, once you've done it for a year, I, I think I did Talking Cock for two years, and it felt like too long. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you want to move on and do the next thing, but it was quite, you know, I thought I would miss it, I thought I'd be really, I think this obviously scratches the itch and I'm still on stage doing this. But, but is that because you've, you've got a young family as well? Yeah, I mean, it's partly that. And do you think you're just kind of, it, that presumably is fun, reading them bedtime stories? Yeah. Do you, do you put all your stand-up energy into that? Well, I do make-ups. My, my, my... <laughs> do you make them applaud you? Into <laughs> I know, my daughters are it's very dad. tough. You or... may recognise it from <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's a very tough audience, but she wants, she wants new stories. I make stories up for every night, different stories. Uh, but usually uh, she gets into a theme that she likes. Yeah. And the thing that I got into recently that I really regret getting into because it's very hard <laughs> to do stories about is that she's got... Uh, she likes dollhouses. I've made up... Somehow I got into the story where she had a doll's house of every house in our village in her room and at night time all the dolls came alive and were the people in the houses and she's the sort of the god of the, <laughs> of the village which she likes a bit too much. So yeah. she's definitely going to be a stand-up queen. But also it's kind of a difficult story to do anything about because she's... All you're redoing is stories of people in a village, and then if you can think of a way of getting the big Phoebe to come in and pick something up, then that's really all there is. And she loves, she loves it, and I find it really hard to improvise any more stories about. I can't that. wait for that. My so my sister's got a five-year-old, and they're living with my mum and dad at the minute. And dad, it turns out, has an amazing ability at inventing stories. But all of my dad's stories that he tells his five-year-old boy are fictitious stories about me. Right. <laughs> doing terrible things. Yeah. So, like, it's the time that I'd burnt all those people and <laughs> the police tried to chase me. Yeah. And then I invented the helicopter and flew away. Yeah. So then I'm then with a five-year-old boy and then he will kind of go, I remember the time you burnt all those people. <laughs> yeah. you know. So they do... My daughter makes me to have the, her little brother who's like a baby, basically. Yes. Toddler. He's the sort of evil character in every story she oh, loves. So he's always trying to mess things up. And she always goes, can you have a little Eddie in it as well? And, then, he goes, and then she comes up with worse things than I can ever imagine. But, yeah, it's... But you sort of know, it's great. That's an audience where you know where it's worked or not. You I can tell when she's getting bored. And also, yes. the, the hits come back. So she'll, te- she'll keep reminding you of things that you've done that were good yeah. four months ago. But, yeah, they're, they're not for public. So you're business. essentially like... Um, you're like the Stones. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to write new stuff. And they're like, just do brown sugar, Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put on your trousers and do brown sugar. It is. I it think is. I'm going to be like that. I, hopefully, I'm lucky enough and we could have kids. But I think I'll be like critiquing myself. I'll come back and go, "It's not gone great, then." It's very free for you know. It sort of doesn't matter what you say. You're trying to get them to sleep, yeah, really. So if you're too illness. if you're too good at it, then they stay awake. That's the problem. But do you ever have moments where you're like, "That was a good story." Yeah. What is wrong with it? 
<laughs> is it like stand-up? Yes. Do you like? Do you, yeah, what's no, the definitely. point of performing in front of a crowd like that yeah. if you're literally giving it everything? Yeah. There's magic. There's elves. <laughs> yeah. I do sometimes tell her, yes, you should appreciate what. That's <laughs> it's good. You're getting married very soon. Yeah, you're getting married on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. It's, this is Monday. This is, this is my last thing. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm just putting the finishing touches to my speech. Right. Um, and it's all sorted. And my, my brother is my best man. Um, and it's going to be... Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, it's going to be really exciting, I hope. I winged my, my speech. Did you? Yeah. It wasn't a good idea. <laughs> what? The I was bad, because also you're a bit drunk by that stage. <laughs> oh, great. And, I like uh, this already. But I've told, I've told this story a lot, but luckily my dad... Just before I did my speech, my dad, there was quite, there was just, we entered quite a nice hotel for the, the reception. And uh, they had like little ch- tubs of, um, uh, what's it called? Jam? No, it was. Uh, what was that? Go on. Lip balm, you know, because he knows the story. Little tubs of lip balm on the table. <laughs> the little tubs of lip balm on the table. Yeah. And hang on, and so dad... you, hang on, you're pissed and your dad's like, don't worry, I've got lip balm. <laughs> like, right. My mum turned to me and she said to me, your dad's just eating the lip balm. He... He thought it was cheese. <laughs> so luckily I had that, so that was the main part of my speech, was just <laughs> laughing, laughing at my dad. So, that, so, so he, he just he thought, why did they have that... such tiny amounts of cheese? I mean, why did they have lip balm is sure. another question. But... So, that's all good, but did you mention your wife? <laughs> I've never think I've got on to her. Good. Some point, yeah. Seven, you've been married seven, and you've been married seven years, you can come back. Come, actually, come back in seven years' I will. time. Yeah. I'll I... be married 14 years or to my second wife for about three years. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the doorbell in my other house. Um, <laughs> that's the reason why we've got to do two of these. <laughs> pay the mortgage. You're still working, boy. Um, yeah, it's going to be all right, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes. It's a couple we've been together for ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, have you ever met my girlfriend? I don't think I have, but I'm not sure she exists. <laughs> Reg D. Hunter met her years ago, um, and um, my girlfriend said her name, and Reg said, there's a beautiful name. And my girlfriend explained what it meant in Welsh, because she's Welsh, and it means love. And Reg went, I knew you were in the embodiment of love when I first met you. <laughs> so I stopped taking her to gigs. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, like, I can't compete with that, for fuck's sake. Oh, so, oh, you just Touring had... with Reg Hunter, wow, that's yeah. fun, man. Uh... No, you'll, be, you'll, you'll, you'll like being married. It's the same as not being married, yeah. except, you know, much worse. <laughs> We've learned a lot because my girlfriend wasn't very well. She was in the hospital for a bit, which is awful. And, um, yeah, the, the house fell apart without her. You realise that you love her and you cannot cope. Do you know what I mean? I thought I did a lot of stuff around the house. No. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the dog, we're like fucking Tom Hanks in Castaway. Like, <laughs> two days into it. Spearing fish with sticks. <laughs> yeah, a tuna mayonnaise sandwich. Because it was the only thing we could find. And we're on Skype, and the dog's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not going great here. Oh. Yeah, but it's going to be lovely. It's yes, going to be a lot be of fun. And, and then we're going on a... Dad, if you become a dad, that would be a great thing? Oh, yeah, hopefully. I find it very nerve-wracking. You should. Yeah. The, but the idea... <laughs> but I, I... Like, hopefully it's 95% her and 5% me, because there's too much ma- madness in me. I don't want to put my brain into a child's 
Do you know what I mean? I think that would be a lot. Because as a job, this is just absurd. That, you know, I have to have strangers like me. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a but kid. But that, that is sort of what being a kid... I mean, the problem is comedians are kids, and that sort of is what is being a kid is like, really. You sort of think... I look at my daughter and think, oh, she'll be a comedian, but she's just being a kid, so she likes jokes and she likes showing off. Yeah. Uh, and you think, oh, she's going to be a comedian. That's uh, maybe bad. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, she's just being a kid. Yeah. And, and we're just being kids, and that's the reason it, you know, it can... It, it's, it's all right. Is it all right? Yeah. Good. It's really good. That's your tip. Good. It's really good. They don't sleep very much, as I was saying to you backstage. Yeah. And so, like, I got to sleep till half six today, and I'm delighted by that. Yeah. Delighted. I'm not saying. Can't tell you how happy I am. My, my son saw two days in a row. He slept till half six. Oh, nice. Yeah. Quarter to seven it was yesterday. It's insane. And you get up early before them as well. I do, because well, I'm an old man. I have to do a week. <laughs> and I have to decide whether it's worth going back to sleep. Um... It's weird you work for... Don't mess around with it. I was just fucking yeah. up. It's Sorry really never... Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that film up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, you were, you were played for Basingstoke Town, and you know in Basingstoke, <laughs> yeah. there is a park called the Russell Howard Park. Do you know that? I do. Known locally as Dog Shit Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> is it named after you, Russell Howard? It, it isn't. It, it's, uh, I don't know, it's named after somebody else, but there's lots of dog poo there. And I once saw a man. We were, um, we were playing, I was like 14, I was playing for Alton United. And we were like, can't play, there's a dog shit. And this bloke went, no, there's not. <laughs> and he threw it away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of standard. That's what happens in football. He was a mayor of Basingstoke. <laughs> Russell, Howard. Russell something Howard. Do you know there's a Russell Howard pavilion in uh, South Ham? Nope, where's South Twelve Ham? pounds an hour you can hire it for. Oh, really? Yeah, It's not Ham. bad. It's good. How big is it? It says you can hire Russell Hab for twelve pounds an hour. <laughs> I reckon they're using that as a little... Yeah? Get people in and go, ooh, and then, oh, it's a hall. Oh, well. It's a hall? Well, it's like a pavilion. Oh, right, pavilion. Jesus. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's a pavilion. Yeah. Look out for it. 
Are there any places that, uh, that you're on? Is there a Richard Herring no. hut? No. <laughs> there's no... There's a... Now on Wikipedia, there's, there's... Finally, there's that thing where it says, if you want the other Richard Herring, click here. There's a Richard J. Herring. What does I'm Richard K. Herring. There's an economist in America called Richard J. Herring. Nice. There's yeah. a musician called Russell Howard. Is there? Yeah. It's got to be quite a common name, I guess. Yeah. Howard's quite a common name. Howard, see you. Catherine Howard from off of uh, the... Uh, Henry VIII. King Henry VIII's yep. cock. Yep. And... Oh, uh, <laughs> was she the one who survived Catherine Howard, or was she... Was... She was... No. She was off. Like the that. Yeah. <laughs> the she first heckle of the evening, five. I will not see Catherine Howard. <laughs> Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded. Was she beheaded, Catherine Howard? Yeah. Yeah. And then he put her on a wheel. <laughs> and she went like that. <laughs> uh, Frankie Howard? Yep. I'm guessing the name people called Spelt Howard. Spelt differently. With an E, wasn't it? Right. Sport of fun. <laughs> I was going to name like love Howard it. from Take That. Yep. <laughs> Howard from the Halifax Advert. We're back to the bus stop, aren't we? <laughs> That would be a very good podcast for you, because you yeah. don't do enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bus stop natter. Do I mean, it I mean? basically uh, is. It's basically stone clearing, that's what that is. It's just without the bus. Uh, and with lots of stones in it. You should listen to it, it's good. What's stone clearing? Oh, that? you want to... <laughs> you... See, I don't know my way around the murky world of podcasts, but... I said I'd... stone clearing, and a sizable amount of people got very excited. No, I think, no, I think that was, like... Uh, trepidation about talking about it. It's where I go round the local field and I, I'm trying to clear all the stones off the field that I did walk my dog round. Hang on a minute, what, and you've been recording this? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it's, some people will be interested. <laughs> because it's an artistic project. Is it? Yeah. Well, hang on, so... About man's... You know, insignificance. It's me, it's me versus nature. I played myself at snooker. That's the internal struggle between a man and himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, we all have to struggle. Uh, yeah, we can all write a PR blurb, but... <laughs> like, are you all right? <laughs> Give me a call. It's I'm about out, mental brain mad bastard. It's clearing <laughs> stones and recording it. You've got children, now. Huh? you fucking... <laughs> One... Two, three, <laughs> press play and record. <laughs> now, good luck to you. Thank Whatever you. you want to do, you fucking mad. You went to Bedford <laughs> Modern School. I did for one year. Yeah. One year. Bedford mm. was, uh, was uh, Peter John Squire the head when you went there? I don't know. Oh. I remember finding it absolutely terrifying. I was nine. We lived in Flitwick at the time. And um, I had to wear an art smock. Right. And there was indoor shoes. And I had to have a fucking briefcase for like a year. And it was so far removed. Like... Literally, like, you know, sat down and kind of go, do you have a good weekend, Howard? My father <laughs> killed a rabbit with a hammer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I did, I've never felt less connected, and I got bullied every day by a bloke who used to call me vacuum head. Every day. I didn't really look like a vacuum. <laughs> uh, he's like, all right, vacuum head, and he used to spit on me. It was horrible. It was yeah. proper weird. And he had, like, indoor shoes, and, and there was always the threat of being, like, you know, fucked. So, do you know what I mean? There's all these kind of horrible, oh, I'm going to fuck you in the shower. I said, oh, Christ. Yeah. Then I went to a, uh, a village school where there was bell ringing. Duh. So it was a bit of a change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> so we welcome you to Ropley School. We hope you will enjoy your stay. I was like, excellent. No one's going to try and bum me in the shower, is it? <laughs> if I play my cards right, I might get wanked off in a couple of years. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was weird. It's yeah. a very weird... Why is it called Bedford Modern School? Was there a school in Bedford that wasn't There's... very modern? There was Bedford School, um, yeah. and then there was Bedford Modern. We had, like, sort of a red thing. We had, like, caps. It was proper really? weird, man. Did you go to private school? No, I went to comprehensive schools like yeah. a normal person. Yeah, totally. But that was it. But for whatever reason, it was like... A bit like, you know, 7-Up, that thing, where, yeah. which is amazing. Is everyone watching that? It's just great, isn't it? Um, the, the, it was almost like my dad went, right, let's see if we can put him in private school for a year and see what that does. And then, obviously, couldn't afford it. And I was like, it's not for me. No. And then I went back to, you know, normality. It was weird, though. Yeah, yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah, it's... I, got, what... I found it too... It was too adult that suddenly, like, there was a thing called a disorder mark if you behaved irregularly, and we had to <laughs> read the Lord's Prayer, and it was like there was still sort of hints of the cane and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I remember once, like, I had to do this exam to get in, and I kind of passed it. And right at the end, this teacher kind of went, I, um, I, I put in that little maths trick at the end, just so you could enjoy it all. Did you enjoy that? And all the, all the other boys were like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and and I, I had just looked at that going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> But, yeah, it was pre- we weren't allowed to wear pants um, when, we, when we played football. That was the kind of place it was. <laughs> And this, this uh, old teacher used to go around checking whether you're wearing pants or not. And he kind of go, oh, well, that's just what they did. Like, age nine, went, you're wearing pants? Yeah, because it's freezing outside, you fucking paedophile. <laughs> but, yeah. So not a happy time. I'm sorry for bringing it up. No, it's fine. But, like, but I, I often wonder what would have happened if I'd have, you know, stayed there. Thank God I didn't. But it it's, was a, really, it's an odd thing. I mean, I know... It's age nine to suddenly... Yeah. I think if you're sort of... If you, if you have... Families that are, that's what happened, and that's where you go, and I'll see you in the summer. Yeah. But my family were very kind of... Were you boarding there as well, or were you... Nah, nah, no, no, I used to just go there. Yeah. And so I used to get... I'd get chased by the kids who went to normal school on the way there, uh, and then get a bus, and then fucking leg it back, carrying a briefcase through town. <laughs> Tough. I remember once getting chased by a cat, and I was like, even fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off. Jesus. So, yeah, it was weird, and then I was so pleased when I went to, like, we moved to Ropley, and I sort of went there, and, yeah, it's odd. It's very, very, but I guess if I'd have done that, I'd have just been a different person. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think, you know, we weren't even allowed to play football at school. That was right. what, so it was just one of those, rugby only, and I was okay. like, God, my brain is in my foot. I need to be able to play football. I don't yeah. have academic skills. But, well, yeah. it's sort of, you know, you could be the Tory leader if you'd, if you'd gone to public school. True, true. Like, I went to university with a lot of public school people. Yes. Uh, and how was that? Well, I find it very intimidating, for, you know, and it wasn't until afterwards I realised, well, A, you realise a lot of it's just that confidence that's been bred into them, so you don't have that in comprehensive school. You're not yeah. told that everything you do is brilliant. And yes. You're not taught to lead or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I went to a very nice uh, comprehensive school, but it still, you know, it wasn't... And I felt like... But did you feel... Because it's that interesting thing, because a lot of people who go to private school are just, you know, you know, obviously they're not all, they're not all dicks, there's a massive generalisation, but they, they have that kind of confidence. Yeah. And you, and as a generalisation of comprehensive kids, we all have that chippy fucking... Yeah. But, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was this weird thing that whenever all the people that I know that went to private school so balanced and you meet them at uni and they're wearing blue shirts and <laughs> chinos and they're like, hey man, how are you? And they're lovely. And then there's this weird comprehensive voice <laughs> in your head going, yeah, but you should spunk on biscuits. Like, <laughs> like, that's always what it comes down to. Yeah, but like, like they ever did. Like that clearly never happened and yet everyone in comprehensive school goes, yeah, but you know what they do with biscuits? So this week, 
don't have to eat biscuits with cheese on. Um, but, you know. I kind of feel so. I, so I do feel... I do, a, I feel sorry for, for them, because I think it's a weird... You know, it's weird to have your childhood taken away in that way. Totally. And, and B, I think it's... You know, you are, you're judged for a choice that your parents made. You know, Absolutely. Well, and for the rest of your life, you know. And I get it a little bit, because I went to Oxford, and yeah. so people still, I've still people have that thing... Yeah. Where they're going, oh, so, and you go, well, you know, I just got some good A-level results. Exactly. But, you know, that's, you still get that in, in reverse snobbery. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it is odd to not let your kids be kids or to put them through all that But then there's, a, there's a gig at the Uppingham School yeah. that you've probably done as well. I think I have, yeah. The, and it's this amazing, it's in Lincoln, I think, Stephen Fry went there. And you do a, you do a gig there. It's amazing. And I remember looking at the notice board about, like, the school trips. And there were all these amazing, like, ski trips and stuff like that. And you think, God, wow, what a life to give your child. Yeah. So that's the funny thing, isn't it? The older you get, you kind of go, oh, God. Yeah, but also, if you'd paid all that money to send someone to school, you'd be upset if they didn't get a fantastic job at the end of it. Well, that's why I often think about Prince Charles. You think of the money spent on Prince Harry's education. Yeah. And he got an E in art. And... (laughs) A D in geography, you'd be like, my dad would have kicked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only had one year of private school. <laughs> hey, let's ask you some emergency questions. What am I thinking asking you about your childhood? You've got very scruffy handwriting. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm using a sort of biro uh, there as well, so it's not, I'm not good with a biro. What? Um... It's just one of your books, one of your it's many one books. It's one of my many books. Yep. What's the most expensive thing you've had eaten by a pet, other than a tuna sandwich? My uh, mum's dog, Bert, ate a whole plate of sausages once. Right. Um, and I think they were butcher's sausages. Right. And That's what dogs are meant to do, right? That's the <laughs> run down the street with a string of sausages he in He did, but he literally, he, wo- he, uh, he wolfed them down. And, but he was an amazing, amazing dog. Um, he uh, once jumped out of a car... Uh, Travelling at 20 miles an hour, like some sort of 70s detective. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at my dad, right? He looked at dad like that, as if to kind of go, you know what I'm going to (laughs) do. And dad was like, uh, like that, can't he know that? Uh, And he just, (laughs) like that. (laughs) that. And mum was like, (laughs) like that. And he was perfectly fine. Yeah. My son was doing that. Like yesterday, I was pushing him around in a party in the garden in a little toy car yeah. with a little door. As I was pushing him along, he'd open the door and get out. It was very similar. <laughs> very similar. Uh, this is a good question. I don't think I'd have ever asked anyone this question before. OK. Question C3- 636, if you're following along at home. This book's available in the foyer after the show. Uh, if an older version of you came back from the future and gave you advice about what you should do with your life, would you take the advice or assume that the you from the future was evil and trying to screw you over? <laughs> Excellent question. Thank you. <laughs> do, you know the, do you know the weirdest thing about that is I've got a ten-minute bit of stand-up about that in my next show. <laughs> so I've got like a really brilliant bit, but then I won't be able to do it on tour. No, don't. So do what it. I'm going to need you to do is ask me another question. Okay. <laughs> I am the you from the future, giving you the idea to do that routine. That's what's happening, and I'm trying to screw you up because it's a bad routine. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, if you come back from the future... Oh, do you want to answer it? I'm going to tell you. I'll answer it until you can use this if you want. All right. I'll, I don't know I'll, what it's going to be yet. I'll be 15-year-old me. Okay. You be Richard Herring from now. <laughs> okay. The so, thing is, if it is you from the future coming back trying to give you advice yeah. to do what would be better for you, that means the you from the future won't exist anymore So because you'll take a different path. So the you from the future coming back will cease to exist. 
So it can't be in their interest to come back and give you that advice. So they must be giving you that advice because you were going to do something different that would mean that they weren't going to exist. So they're tricking you. That's the answer. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. It's all random. Um, You've always been obsessed with time travel, haven't you? Yeah. I remember when we first met, you were... You always used to go on about um, Goodnight Sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> still do. Still do. Do you still, still do? do. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew the name of him and everything. Yeah. What, what's his name? Gary Sparrow. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I'm writing a sitcom uh, where... With, uh, with, uh... I used to love that. It's, a, it's such a brilliant observation. Yeah. But, yeah, why did he go back to that place? <laughs> so I was probably there when you started it. She's still yeah. knocking that around. Fucking yeah. lunatic, man. In my sitcom, the main character's called Phoebe Pigeon. But Phoebe was the name of Gary's, and her, hus- her husband, her boyfriend's called Gary, and she's called Phoebe, which is the other way around. Good night, sweetheart. Look out for that when that never happens. <laughs> or maybe um, spend a bit more time writing it and a bit less time picking up pebbles. You'll all see, you'll be laughing on the other side of your face when I have a wall. It's <laughs> <laughs> named after me. No one will remember your stupid. Fucking routine about time travel then. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh nice about, uh, Herring's wall, nice. Oh, let me. I'll, I had some written in the back here. Let me see. If, let me see. What I'll do. I'll do something that aren't even. I'm going to ask book. you one from here and all. You can. Are you able to explain what differentiates a satsuma from a clementine or a mandarin? No, I'm not. I'm not. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Uh... Oh, look. I, there was a news story today about a man uh, who, on a flight from Pakistan who was looking for the toilet and opened the emergency door. <laughs> Luckily, when the plane was on the ground. Yep. But it still meant the emergency slides came out and they had to delay the flight by five hours. That's quite a big mistake to make, isn't it? I mean, you can never have flown in a plane before and also go, whoa, I wonder why they're making the toilet yeah, yeah. so hard to get into. Yeah. <laughs> and, really... and also, there's a lot of flight attendants, so presumably they <laughs> saw him doing that. <laughs> Um, why did they not do it? No, they're let, like, wait, let's see how this plays yeah, out. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> just, like, holding on to stuff like that. <laughs> I've heard tell of this. So, what is the most unlikely thing you've ever mistaken for a toilet? Is it a shower in the gym? No. That's, that's for me. Most... No, I don't know. No. Um, I you know, it's not always... Is there... Is there... This is a question from, that came from the John Ronson interview, which you probably know about this, about John Ronson, that... His last, one of his last podcasts was about tailor-made porn, where people who can't get the porn they want on the internet, unbelievably, yeah. pay people to make yes. the porn that turns them on. Yeah. What's that for you if you're going to have some porn? <laughs> you're going to have some porn made for you that isn't currently available. What would it involve? Do you know? <laughs> I, I would love to watch quite a lot of my friends make love. Really? Yeah. It's, I don't know, I just... <laughs> my friend Will Hodgson, who yeah. you'll know is... I know Will, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to watch you him. You want to watch Will make love? Yeah. I just think the things he'd say would be hilarious. Would <laughs> 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 you all right, man? I'm fucking up with you. Do you know what I mean? Let yeah, the whisper... it would be good. It's very specific, but that's why it's... Would, he, but would he have to not know you were watching? So you'd... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that, so. that would put off... Put sure, off sure. Yeah, if I was stood say. there in the corner, like, you know... So... Eating popcorn, going, <laughs> just... Just do your thing. <laughs> so for the porn to work, Will Hodgson would have to be secretly filmed <laughs> making love with his wife. Yes, yeah. And then, I mean, would, they, would you I wouldn't, then, would To be you... honest, I wouldn't need the visuals. Okay, just the, the audio. audio. would work. The yeah. audio recorded. Just, oh, fuck it. Oh, like, but there's something about him, specifically. Oh, fuck it, Elmer. No, I'm not... Uh, uh, yeah, not, not really. 
Did I, you see? I was me joking. I'm not really. I don't know what my. What, what's your? It's a weird Being thing. Talked off by ventriloquist dummies. Oh really? Yeah. There's a very little of that online. Yeah. <laughs> That's why none of the uh, dolls speak. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Black Mirror? Where there's a, the, in the new series. Spoiler alert. People at home, it's happened a long time ago. You've had time to watch it. Um, they, play, they have a video game where you can sort of... You become sort of part of the character. You can feel like you're the character in the game. Right. And there's sort of fighting characters. It's like those old fighting games with the two characters fighting against each other. Yeah. And then there are two mates playing in different places, but then they start kissing. The characters start kissing, and then they start fucking... Uh, one of them's a woman in the, in, in the game. And they start fucking, and then they regularly keep having sex with each other. Do you think that should be considered cheating on your partner, or do you think that should be should be allowed? Because I watched it with my wife, and she st- thought that that was cheating. I love stuff like that. There, there was um, I, I don't know, and it's a very similar question. There was a man I don't know his actual name. He's one of my uncle's mates. Um, he's called Cuddly Bob. Right. And he likes cuddling people. He's lovely. Yeah, that makes him sound creepy. But he's like, <laughs> and he's like, here's a question for you, right? That like all my uncle's mates are always like. They've got these the wild-eyed, like, proper, like, homemade cider, and it's like, fuck, I have three more of them and kill you and not know we've done it? Like, kind of guys. And he was sort of saying, if I travel back in time and I have sex with my wife, have I cheated on my wife now? <laughs> because I've had sex more times than her here, yeah. but I've travelled there. But I am cheating because it's her, innit? <laughs> like that, and it's like a firework party. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. No. I don't think it is. It's not cheap. If I wanted to have... If we were playing a video game together and we weren't even in the same room... Yep. And then, you know, we just started kissing in the game... Yep. ...and could feel it all and everything. Yeah, all right. Okay. We like we were kissing and having sex. You're like, yeah, Uh, FIFA's changed, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Ronaldo's in me. Um, (laughs) That's um, not... But we're not actually... It's only a sort of... It's like having a... Elaborate wank, isn't it? It's the same as the robot robot that my wife won't let me have sex with as well. Yeah. My wife's very, that's the thing. You have time to get this in your marriage vows. Go, I promise. I, 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 I promise. I won't have sex with any other one else unless they're a sex robot. Yeah. That doesn't count. Or if it's one of my mates who are playing a video game and then we just start fucking in the video game. That's obviously not really us, so that's fine. A couple of people leaving due to the <laughs> offence. The offence cause. But they, somebody, I think they looks like somebody's dragging a sex doll. I assume, I Come assume, on, darling, I'm not letting him have to speak about you like this. You can only assume that that couple, the husband, has had sex with one of his friends in a video game. That's the that's the only reason they thought we're going to go out. We're going to try and forget about this incident. Go and see some comedy. Ah, oh, they brought that up. <laughs> they brought up the one thing we were trying to get away from. There was, I know that there's a company in the UK. We spoke about this on the TV that they have made a sex robot. Um, Tell me more. And they've given it a Scottish accent <laughs> to make it sound more desirable. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> French, Spanish, Italian, not Scottish, surely. <laughs> Fucking doomy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely not R2. Um, I just, I just, like, that. It, oh, God, imagine if that becomes a thing. People are doing it. Yuck. It'd be great. Do you think? <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're talking instant regret. <laughs> I think you're giving it the big I am. I think one thrust in, you'd be <laughs> weeping all over your new contraption. <laughs> 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 I 
Now that's a podcast. <laughs> robot seduction. Um, Hello, welcome to Robot Seduction with me, Richard Herring. <laughs> I would definitely have to podcast what it. What kind of go. dance moves are they? Oh, oh, you like them, baby. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm dancing really erotically in front of the robot. <laughs> Are those pebbles in your fucking trousers? <laughs> How would you seduce a robot? Don't have to, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> but would you really? Yeah. Imagine. Just come in. Right, I'm home. Oh, God. <laughs> Something about you rubbing your hands together. <laughs> fucking Ginster's pasty in your mouth. Oh, God. Oh, right, give me that WD-40, I'm going to go upstairs and <laughs> get a leather fucking hell. I think, no, I just, what if it, like, it's a bit, have you ever seen um, Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers? <laughs> like, what? No, not what, that what, but what if it marched you out in the street? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like, look what he's got me doing. <laughs> just you're kind of hanging off it. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Oof. No, not for me, Richard. No, OK. No. <laughs> and that's a no to the wanking off the having sex in the... No, game. I wouldn't even have sex with you if you were covered in tinfoil. <laughs> but that's mostly for uh, okay. lightning fear. Yeah. Stick it in the marriage vows, that's all I'm saying. Just to cover, just just cover yourself. In, in the marriage vows, just go... I, oh, I, I Jesus, promise. I thought that was like a robot metaphor or something like that. <laughs> Stick it in the marriage vows. <laughs> Does that mean robot anal? Um... Um, what a pig you are, but a lovable pig. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't... Would anyone else have sex with a robot? Yeah, all them would. <laughs> now, this is the worst possible audience you could have asked that question to. Obviously the women do, but, you, you know... <laughs> These guys are just waiting until the robots are here. That's the only reason they're here. And then once the robots are here, bang, they will never see the them The women again. have been having sex with robots for years. They have, yeah. They just snapped the finger off they and do, just yeah. left the rest of it in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back for more when I need it. <laughs> Oh, I was going to ask you this about your TV show. Hit me, sugar. Uh, I should have asked you right at the beginning. Yeah. You know you've got those chairs that are like newspapers? Yeah. Do you want like them? Loads are of... yours? <laughs> no, I don't want them. Just often you're talking about something, getting something quite serious. Yeah. And then you cut back and then you're all sitting on chairs made out of newspapers. And yeah. It seems too frivolous. Does it ever become awkward when you're sitting there going, oh, why are we talking about this serious thing sitting on some newspapers? Well, I think it's, sort of bit, it's a bit like, sort of like Michael Gondry. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. It's just so lo-fi and so interesting and I just got to keep it the same. Do you know what I mean? We tried other chairs. It just wasn't the right vibe. Are they comfortable, those yeah, newspapers? Really, really are, they, are there any real newspapers on there or is it just all pretend? It's, or is it's, it all real? They're all real newspapers, but on the front of every cover, fake news has been written uh-huh. so that you don't show actual news stories okay. because somebody would write in okay. and say, oh, like, he's talking about this, and yet there's a story about whatever. Yeah. Weird. So it's just, yeah. They're, very, they're really nice. comfy. But, yeah, everyone talks about them. That's the only thing. I so think they they're always... distracting. Sometimes I'm in deep into an interview and it cuts back. Oh, are they in those stupid chairs? For... <laughs> <laughs> Get some normal chairs. Yeah. And I'm taken away from the interview by the chairs. Sure, sure. So, you know, you're being upstaged by a chair. That uh, doesn't happen in my podcast. I'm just no. telling you. If you take over this podcast, don't bring your fucking chairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. the one condition. No, I, re- I respect that, Willie. Thank you. If I'd been in the writer's room for more than four weeks, those chairs would never have gotten to town. I mean, we had them for the four weeks you were there. <laughs> <laughs> and you said nothing. You just sat in the corner eating Haribo. <laughs> banging on about, come on, seriously, do you know what I mean? I mean, they look like women, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dear. Right. I'm on about C-3PO. I'm on about, like, can't tell. <laughs> that's how Richard normally talks. He's like that. Yes, that's me. That's yeah, me. Looking at robots going, ooh. Right, we're going to go... I have to say, we, I did, the last time I saw you, and that's why I felt like I'd seen you more recently than that, because it doesn't feel like seven years since we did this. It's insane. Um, I saw you at a scope gig last year. Yeah. Which was you were absolutely excellent at. But what I really liked about it, and this doesn't very often happen at any gigs, but especially charity gigs, is you turned up right at the beginning, even though you were going to be on it right at the end, and you watched everybody's act, and you were really terrific yeah. with all the younger comedians. And well, I love, the... well, I really love stand-up. That's the thing. Yeah. I find it so... But then you were the same when, when you... Um... When you came back, but no, you you didn't just rock up and do it. No. Just, I, I, honestly, I love. There's a there's a guy called uh, Jamali Maddox who I think is brilliant. There's a girl called Rosie Jones who I think is great, and um, you know loads of others. I just find it like I tell you, he's incredible. God, he's funny. What's his name? John Cairns. Oh yes, is the comedian I saw, and I watched his show twice in Edinburgh. And I, oh man, I just I absolutely loved it. What I loved about it, it was so left field. It was so deft. Every joke was just small and precise, and but he was trying so hard to make anyone in front of him laugh. Whereas I feel sometimes like with more left field stuff, there's that kind of, you know, sort of trust fund comic where like oh, not good enough for you, is it? Whereas you know a lot of comics, the gigs have to work otherwise you haven't got any money. So you sort of respect people and crowds. Always find that thing of oh yeah, do you not get that? <laughs> Fair enough. And there's a lot of that that really yeah, yeah. winds me up. But he was so left field, but trying so hard to make anyone in front of him laugh. I just fucking loved it. Yeah. Also, nobody else could make it funny like he has. He's yeah. just got that, yeah, that ability. <laughs> you know, just, just from the, and I'd never seen him. And he just walked on stage and he was going, how much? Pointing at his shoes, how much? And somebody go, I don't know, 60 quid. He went, 12 pound off. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was sort of fiddling with the mic for about five, for literally about five minutes, and then he eventually went, tense, innit? <laughs> it's tense! I love him. If you, if you get the chance, yeah. honestly. But, so that, that's why I've started going to Edinburgh again, because for years I was afraid, and I thought everyone would, um, you know, would not want me there, and I would feel like all kind of mainstream and awkward, and, God, I'm not good enough. And then two things happen. You realise, wow, loads of people are shit. <laughs> and, like, really shit. And there's loads of brilliant people, and you realise where you fit in, and you, yeah, yeah. you get to hang out with and people I think like you, you, or people like Maxwell, or, you know, Andy Zaltzman, or whoever, and it's great. And you go, God, why, why did I impose this upon myself? You know, I think it's, it's, it's good to stay interested in comedy. I think that's, that's the thing. If you, if you lose your interest in other comedians and in comedy itself. Yeah. It's what you were saying at the beginning. You, you won't be as good a comedian yourself if you're not interested in what you're doing. You're oh, not I love it. Engage well. what you're doing. But also, I think it's so important to stay interested in what other people are doing as mm. well. And, mm. you know, and then not be threatened by it because well, it's not know, a threat. You know, it's not it, a threat. It's really... There's an amazing documentary about Gary Shandling that is exactly that. That it's like, don't be afraid of anybody coming up because the, the, they... Just help them. And, and honestly, I, I really love chatting with like new comics and like having like so our writers room has expanded and people have come in Kiri Pritchard McLean now writes on the show she's amazing really funny and sort of views the world in a completely different way to me and there's loads of young um, men and women that work on my show and you just realize that they are you need those people mm -hmm. you just otherwise you're just this kind of like bitter old no no don't need that it's better my way do it this so you it, it's really you can have your you know, your world realigned by people rather than 
you know, just not, not wanting to engage with them. Yeah, and you've always been honest as well, which some comedians aren't, about using other writers on your shows, because obviously you, I think you couldn't do your show nah. as, as a solo thing anyway. It would be impossible. And but, you know, you've always given the credit to the writers as well, which I think is amazing, because I think, you know, they're often programme associates. Well, this is the thing. And well, they, no-one knows their writers and, you well, know... The reason, on every, sh- every other show, except for mine, they're called programme associates, which means that you don't have to pay them um, the, the correct amount. Whereas if they're writers, they have to be paid more. So that's why they're called Programme Associates. But Programme Associate always means writer. And also, the first time I did the one show years ago with Adrian Charles, and he said, do you do all this on your own, do you? And I don't know why, I was all nervous. And I went, I do, yes. <laughs> and the guys were in a room, and um, I, I kind of came back the next day and I apologised, and I was like, I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'll never do that again. So I always mention Steve Williams and Dan Atkinson, Carl Mins when he worked on the show in Kerry, because it was that thing of, like, to save my fucking ego, I sold the people that write the show with me, and it just disgusted me, so I kind of, you know, since then I've always done it. So, yeah, that's well, why I do it. Because I couldn't do the show without them. Like, yeah. Steve Williams has been there from day one, and he's just amazing. And that's why Steve Hall, who I also wrote the show with, and Steve Williams support me on tour. And um, it's great. So I get to see my mates do a readers and I kind of really get off on that. Not as much as if I was watching Will Clark. (laughs) 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 Kind of enough. Yeah, it's good. I've really enjoyed this, man. Good, it's it's lovely to have you back. It's flowed everywhere. Yeah. We've done too long. We've done just about, a little bit too long, but enough. That's all right, isn't it? So, yeah, we've done right. There's a clock here. They don't have that at the Leicester Square Theatre, do you? Clock. I mean, is that where you left? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm going back in the autumn. I'm just doing a tour. It's lovely. Uh, look, it's so lovely to have you. Come back in seven years' time. Let me know how your marriage is going. And that's, uh, that's, like that. that's, that's how footballers show. Yeah, you go uh, like that, and then, then you go like that. Ooh. Oh, sorry. You're right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Russell Howard. Yeah. We'll be back for next week's Do you like them sky potatoes? (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>